This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Welcome, everybody. It's Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710 and seattlesports.com. A stroll down memory lane for you. All of your uh, your former teammates and buddies have been joining us for the Seahawks Alumni Series. We had that great conversation with Brian Bosworth last week, and we've got the great Steve Largent joining us at 430 today. Awesome. Yoda. Yoda. Is that Yoda is going to be playing uh, tennis right before that, <laughs> so uh, had to push it to 430, but uh, get going to be great to hear from him. Yeah, it was it, all-time it, favorites. He's the as we sit right now the greatest receiver in the history of this organization. Yeah. Did you call him Yoda back then? Yeah, that's okay. I don't think anybody called him Steve. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we'll talk to Yoda, Steve Largent coming up at 4:30. Stay tuned for all of that. But again, in case you missed it yesterday, uh we had our our weekly conversation with Seahawks GM John Schneider who we got a chance to speak to in person. Last we spoke to him, it was on the phone. He was out there at the combine, so we spoke to him in person, and he was he was very impressed with how we look in person. Yeah, it's better in person. You guys look very well rested, by the way, both there of you. Yeah. 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 yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a movie line. You're not. No, it's not. You're not well rested. Uh, yeah, getting there. Yeah, getting there. But yeah. it seems like just like a couple minutes ago, we were uh, sitting in that hall at the combine and and you know talking to you guys on the speakerphone with. Bunch of people walking by, like flipping me off and making fun of me and stuff, <laughs> and like trying to distract me. All my buddies. What What is the rest schedule like for you there? Honestly, do you do you get much sleep, or are you like on your phone at six a.m. and no, it's it's night? probably like you know uh, because because they are late nights with the meetings and everything. It's 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 uh, and now the workouts. It's basically like you know um, as many meetings as you can set up with other agents. Uh, whether it's Nolan, Willie, myself, Matt Thomas, whoever we can, you know, uh, all the people, uh, Joey, all the all the people we can reach, uh, you know, it can be, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning, and then, um, you know, let's get up, let's get rocking. But it's like eight, you know, it's not like you know, you have to get right back up at six. It used to be, it used to be really bad. But now the schedule's really helped. All right, so people will get mad at us if we don't start with this. Uh, okay. Gino, Gino Smith. Yes, uh, sir. We heard Pete talking uh, about with uh, with Brock and Salk about how um, who. You guys, uh, Brock and Salk. It's a oh, morning it's a different show. show. Six to ten. A couple oh, okay. of other guys. Yeah. And, uh, I think we're not really <laughs> yeah. familiar with them. Pete goes on with them. Uh, anyway, yeah. yeah, he was talking about how you guys did a good job with the communication and you know not leaving any voids or spaces, as he put it. Yeah. What? Uh, just tell us how that whole thing came together and what that experience was like. It was great. His agent, uh, Chaffee Fields, who played at Penn State, was wide receiver there, and and uh, I scouted him coming out. We've always had a relationship. Uh, he played for the Niners for a minute, and and uh, he's just a really, really uh, like smooth, like cool, like individual. Like he's just got a really great presence about him. So he's very easy to communicate with. Uh, you know, he's not he's not a guy that's going to get really upset. You know, when you're in in the uh, in the heat of the moment, you know, every, every negotiation, um, you know, I said it this morning, every negotiation has, has its own, uh, storyline, its own, um, set of issues that you need to work through. And, you know, Chaffee just did a really great job and his partner, Kevin, of just working through the issues and, and, and we kept everything really quiet, which I always really appreciate and the organization appreciates, uh, so that, you know, things aren't aired and, you know, nobody's trying to like work an angle in the media or anything or on social media and, we just kept things real direct and, uh, you know, had, had good meetings down there. We met at the combine, uh, three or four times with those guys. And, 
you know, everything just kind of stayed as positive as, as we possibly could. Uh, they understood what we were trying to get accomplished. We understood what they were trying to get accomplished. And, uh, yeah, I was just, you know, really, really impressed with his professionalism. And, you know, as an organization, I think we do a very good job of keeping things tight. Well, one comment that Pete made that we thought was interesting, he talked about filling, keeping those gaps limited in terms of converse, like your, your constant contact, sure. so to speak. Is that is that sort of dictated by how active somebody could be on social media, where they're going to be receiving information from all these different people, and I'm hearing this, and I'm hearing this? Because Gino's a guy who's pretty active, he, if you follow his Twitter. I don't, does, it, does that have any bearing on how in contact you are or how frequently you're in contact through a negotiation? Uh, well, not necessarily, necessarily with a negotiation, any relationship, I think, you know, when there's a, you know, we've always believed that when there's a, when there's a gap in communications, you know, your, your, your mind starts spinning, things can go towards the negative. It's going to go towards the negative, you know, 80% more than it is, you know, towards the positive when you're in your own head, when you're in your own mind. And, you know, this group's thinking this and this group's thinking that, and they're not communicating. So, you know, uh, I worked with a leadership guy in, in, in Green Bay who was really cool about helping me with, Hey, you know, let's keep everything on the table. We're going to have we're going to have some really uncomfortable conversations and you need to get comfortable with those uncomfortable conversations because you know you can't have anything lingering and the once once things linger and you don't address those issues so whether like i said whether it's negotiating or in a relationship uh you know if you let things go people tend to 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 drift towards the negative right and we don't want that we want to we want to be constantly communicating and I'm not, you know, I'm not always going to like what I hear and, you know, you're not always going to like what you hear. But we're, you know, we're trying to keep everything above board. Have you ever had one of those business conversations that got like emotional and then, you know, you got to be coached up? Like you were saying, coaches get all these uh, opportunities to be around other coaches yeah. and everything. But for a GM, you know, it's like not like they have classes for that or anything. No. Yes. I've had a bunch of those. Yeah. No, I sound like Gil Haskell right there. No, no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, no. Yes. I hope he's listening. Yes. No, no. Yes. Uh, yeah. I've had several of those uh, conversations, uh, uh, you know, uh, a good friend of mine is an agent. Uh, I'm not going to mention names, but uh, we were going at it one night, and you know, on the way home, and, and I was in the car, and and uh, uh, you know, he's getting after me, and I'm getting after him, and then I'm out of the car, and my, my oldest son Ben, it, it, you know, was still living in the house, and you know, he has autism. He says whatever's on his mind, and so he he opened the garage door, and he's like, "Dad, you're being completely inappropriate with the language right now." <laughs> ben told you that? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know what, Ben? I apologize, and and and. Uh, my buddy, who's the other agent, was like, you know what, I apologize. He thought I was apologizing to him, and I was apologizing to Ben yeah. for my, you know, uh, yeah. language. And he's like, yeah, I apologize too, John. I'm sorry. So let's, uh, he let's brought just, you two together. Yeah, he's like, let's just talk in the morning. I'm like, good call. Let's sleep on it. That's awesome. Hey, so how do you handle it if it seems like it's becoming a little bit more frequent these days or more normal that guys are their own agents? They don't have an agent. Yeah. I mean, there have been guys on this team, whether it's Bobby or Russell Okung or people like that, do you go in with a completely different mindset? Like, okay, I got, I, I need to handle this differently because I'm dealing with the individual directly as opposed to intermediary. Yeah, I don't know why we are the uh, banner team for that. You know, uh, Russell Okun, uh, Sherm, uh, Bobby, and we pride ourselves on uh, having these really strong relationships uh, with guys and being a developmental organization and. It, it it's just when you really care about somebody like that, like we do with with Russ and, and Sherm and Bobby. No matter what, you're going to get into uncomfortable conversations. And uh, you know, uh, if there's a buffer there, uh, that's great. Um, and, and and I personally think it helps. Bobby may um, disagree with me, um, but 
you know, I, I think that, you know, uh, it's just, you, you're, no matter what, you're going to get in awkward, uh, situations. And, um, you know, like, you know, personally, I pride myself on my, on, on, uh, the relationship I have with, with the players and trying to be as straightforward with them as I, as I possibly can, um, to help them and to, to protect the organization. And, you know, it just, it's just, you know, sometimes that communication is hard. Um, so, uh, you know, we've been able to talk to Bobby now and, um, you know, address some of those things. So it's, it's, it's worked out great. And, uh, you know, we're going to be in communication as we go along throughout free agency now. We're going to ask this question kind of based on what we just saw at the Combine with particularly Anthony Richardson, the just ridiculous freak of yeah. nature, you know, his, his athletic ability and everything. What are some of the what are some of the mistakes that you think that people make when it's when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks? I oh, mean, I mean, because that was that's one where I mean, you, you look at how he plays. Sure. You know, looks looks really good, but he also athletically is just ridiculous, and that can sway people. But what what do you think are some of the the mistakes that people make in that? Oh that man, great question, uh, great question, Dave. I, I would say that uh, you know everybody's career is a, is a, is a movie. It's a whole book, and so you're with with anybody that's at the combine. Um, you know, you're just you're just starting. Like it's just part of their part of their movie, and. There's a whole process that these guys have to go through, um, you know, learning how to be a pro, uh, learning a new offense, uh, you know, uh, being a leader, coming into a locker room with with grown men and competing with grown men. So, you know, I think that that um, the mistakes are made. You know, my point is, I'm sorry, you have to be able to project where they're going and not you're just you can't just look at, you know, OK, you know, here's A, B and C part of their game. Right. You have to you have to be able to say okay here's A B and C what's going to look like at X Y Z you know what where where's that what's what's the gap in there and where, where where are they going to be and that's kind of the you know that's the study that's the art that's the the uh, projection that's in, involved and you know especially with 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 football and you know the the uh, the ultimate team sport like 120 guys like how's this person going to handle all that and how are they going to fit with everybody and you know, part of the puzzle. And, you know, the height, weight, speed thing is, is something that people make mistakes with every year, you know, regardless of position. But obviously quarterback is the most scrutinized position. I want to make sure I heard you correctly. Are you going to be in contact with Bobby? Is that yeah, what you're saying? We have been able to now. And so we were able to, Pete and I were able to talk to him the other day and we had a great, awesome, frank conversation. And yeah, so he knows where we are and we know where he's at. So, and now, you know, we have so much respect for him, uh, you know, personally and professionally and, so we're able to talk through some things, and, and uh, yeah, we know where it's going. Is is that in bringing somebody back, potentially, I'm not putting that, but you brought yeah. Bruce back, others yeah. have come back, you know, Justin Coleman. Yeah. Is that is that How do you feel about that? Because some could look at that as, oh, man, you're, you're, you're bringing back somebody who's not what they once were, but there's this nostalgia element to it. Is, is it hard not to incorporate that? Like, oh, we love Bobby. He was such a pillar of what we did here, but – He's an older player at this point. Is it, is it hard to sort of negotiate that? If well, you know? I, I think it's flattering that, that that guys do want to come back here, and I think it's it's a it's a reflection of everybody in the building, whether it's Mo, Ek, you know, Stu, Dave Pearson, Strick, Sam, everybody in the building. I think it's a reflection on those people as much as it is on the player, and uh, you know, uh, you know whether they you know the kind of success they had here and 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 the um, the culture that we have here that's been able to help them you know, uh, live up to their dreams and achieve everything that they want to achieve. You know, to your point about where guys are in their career, 
you always have to look at the landscape of the of the whole league and not just say, yeah, you know, we're overly, um, I mean, it's Bobby Wagner, you know what I mean? It's like Dick Buckus, you know, like, I mean, this is Ray Nitschke, this is Kurt, he's Ray Lewis, he's got, you know, um, you know, you have to look at the whole landscape and, and then how you're, you're trying to help your team. And, you know, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, we have to prioritize things and, 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 and try to help our, uh, help our team, you know, based on what the landscape of the whole league looks at, like, looks like based on, um, you know, position strength, uh, throughout the whole league. And, and when I say that, I mean, free agency and not just say to your point, like, Hey, this is, you know, Justin Coleman, you know, you know, we got to bring him back because of how he played, you know, four years ago right. when he signed his, before he signed his big deal in Detroit. When, when you have to keep projecting where the guys are going to go. Yeah. When you're filling in, like, you know, let's say defensive tackle, center, guard, linebacker, whatever, uh, you have a plan, obviously. You don't know what's going to go on in the draft. You have no idea who's going to mm-hmm. take what. Well, you maybe have some idea, but, mm-hmm. you know, how much of that how, do you sit there and go, okay, this we're going to address, address in free agency, this we're going to address through the draft, or is it just totally fluid? No, free agency gives you a, a, an early landscape, and so you know you know uh, what the strengths of, of free agency look like, you know what the draft looks like, you know what possible cap casualties look like from other teams, and then it's it's a matter of, okay, how aggressive are we going to be to try to fix a, a specific area of your team? And knowing that, okay, just there's there's more numbers at this position than there are at another position, just based on not not quality of player, just pure uh, numbers. So you have to be able to uh, kind of mix and match and say, okay, well, okay, we want a player at position B, but you know that's a better player position B, but there's only so many of these other players at position A, and so we better go you know address that right away before we get to position B. Hey, one of one of the things that that came up while you were out there at the draft was the it's it's the one year anniversary. We of, had the draft of, already, or, or at the uh, combine. Wait, excuse me, really smokes. Uh, <laughs> That's like one of my nightmares. I missed the draft. You started to panic. Yeah. You felt behind. I started sweating. It's like that uh, nightmare when you're a kid that you're you know the bell rings. And you're, you're late. You're yeah, late. You're can't find your helmet. <laughs> yeah, your socks. Yeah. For me, it was socks. Yeah. I can't play in the game. I can't find my socks. Uh, anyway, sorry, I totally at, interrupted you. No, you're at the combine. Yes, you were. Uh, one year anniversary, Russell being traded and yeah. that, that article came out in the athletic that mm. sort of detailed you know russell supposedly wanted to make a move with you and pete and went to ownership he's come out and said i didn't say that i love them they're like fathers blah 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 what, when, you, when you hear that when you obviously you were asked about it but what, mm-hmm. what, what do you say about that how do you respond to that just the way i answered it down there i think it's water under the bridge i think everybody's moved on um we're constantly you know, talking about what's next, like what's next, what's next. You know, we're super fired up about Gino's deal getting done, but it's like as soon as we got done with that, it's like, okay, on to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, and we have a lot of balls in the air. Um, I would say that, you know, uh, you know, uh, Jody, Pete, myself, Chuck, everybody believes, you know, everybody believes in this building so much and the culture that's here and all the people that have, the foundational people that have been in, you know, the Seahawks for such a long time now. Um, heck, it was one of the reasons I wanted to come back. I was here in 2000, and when this job became available in 2010, it was like I was so excited about it because of people in the building like Dave and EK and Mo and the people that the people that I knew here, Sam Ramsden. And, and so there's so many people don't understand like how important culture is and 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 what that means. And so um, when I when I hear that, it's just 
you know, like I get it, fine. But that's that seemed like two years ago now, really. I mean, it seems like a long time. We've been through a lot, and we just keep moving forward. You know, like every every day is a, is a new story, and like how are we fixing our team, and how are we getting better, and and letting the fans know that we're we're like we're totally busting our tails to uh, to get better every single day. And so it's about moving forward and then relying on our culture for, like, this new group of people that are coming in that are going to come here and succeed and have fun. And they know that when they come here, they're going to have, you know, they're going to have a blast with Pete. They're going to have a blast with the coaching staff. Everybody in this building is going to support them, and we're, 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 we're going to win games, and we're going to have fun doing it. Anything stand out to you at the Combine? Uh, any any interesting stories, peculiar things? You don't have to name names, but anything? Do you, do you write down in your notebook things that happen, right? Yeah, I haven't got to that yet. <laughs> I was yeah. telling you guys I can do that all the time. I actually I still have to get caught up on that. But, you, have uh, write, you have to write. Yeah, down. yeah, too many stories. Um, you know, uh, no, other than being able to see Scott Fitter, which you guys were very nice. You know, the, the, yes, you, John, you're so nice, and people say nice things to you all the time. And <laughs> John, you know, Fitz says you guys are like your, your relationship builder and all that. I'm like, okay, Fit, I guess – you know, I guess I'll buy you dinner. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, so, but hey, no, I don't really know. Yeah. You, you know, we're we're talking about the free agency, talking about the combine, the draft, and all of that. How much do you? How much time or how much uh, manpower do you do you devote to the XFL? Do you guys scout the? Do you have somebody that's keeping an eye on that? Yeah. Is that part of the process. Yeah, our pro. You know, we have four guys in our pro department, and so we have guys that are you know monitoring the games all the time, and and um, you know it's 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 going to be a cool area for for. Um, you know, I think especially for for uh, special teams depth, uh, long snappers, uh, kickers, punters, um, and then you know offensive linemen, and then you'll see who see who uh, you know steps forward like the pass rushers and you know the the quarter the you know lay land with the quarterbacks where you can see the guys that are actually getting their reps and able to go out and play games. So yeah, we watch it all the time. I mean, be- I'd say we, not myself. I, I I don't, but we we have guys that are focused on it all the time and and and, and studying it and scouting it. Yeah, and you rely on those guys. How yeah. how much better is that for you guys having that little kind of a like a, a farm league? Basically, love it. You know, Gino and I used to talk about it all the time. I used to tell him about NFL Europe because he was like, what am, "How am I supposed to get my reps? Like, right. you know, should I go? You know, he, I love it here, but I'm not getting any reps. You know, with 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 Russ. So should I should I go to the CFL? Should I? You know, we used to talk about NFL Europe all the time, like Kurt Warner and Brad Johnson and Mark Bulger and. Um, JTO Sullivan and all the guys, you know, all the guys that, that got to play in that league that totally improved. And so, um, yeah, I think it's 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 huge, especially for the quarterbacks. As far as the combine goes, you, you were talking about Anthony Richardson, who was the the star of the combine. Dave and I were talking about it, and I was I was under the impression I'm looking at it, going, yeah, we can all marvel at what somebody does there, and then talk about how high they jump and how fast they are. I don't think any GM, I don't think you're surprised. I don't think you went, oh, my God, the guy's an athlete. You know that going in. <laughs> yeah. So I don't imagine a mind is changed by that. Is it? No, it's still, it's still about, the, like I said, it's about the film. And, you know, it's about projecting where he's going to go. What's yeah. his experience been? You know, what What was high school like? What? How is he, like, who's been around him, helping him out? And it's not just him. It's it's, it's everybody, you know. Because right. and, and, the mock drafts now have him in the top five, where he was down in the 20s before. And now yeah. this workout, like he's going to, a GM yeah. all of a sudden is going to go, I had no idea who this guy was. And now, <laughs> now I'm going to take him with a third pick. Yeah, I'll, I'll say he was he was pretty impressive. Yeah. But we, we uh, I mean, it was kind of like one of those DK workouts. You know, you're kind of yeah. like, dang, that was, wow. Okay, that really happened. But, and I, I wasn't there for Dion, but I guess Dion, Dion, 
you know, ran his 40 and, like, you know, put a finger up in the air and was, like, just ran straight out of there. Not that finger, Dave, just number one. <laughs> I, I yeah, 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 just ran straight out of, of the tunnel. But I guess that was one of the more impressive ones where guys were, like, a lot of, you know, uh, personnel guys were like, holy smokes. So. Yeah. You know, now that you're on this show, you're kind of a big deal. Uh, and so now he's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. But you told us that story about, uh, uh, about uh, the, the breakfast place where they finally took the picture. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Christmas gift. Yeah. So you, you're a little bit more recognizable out there. You have fans coming up to you or, or anything like that? Uh, not in Indianapolis, but actually uh, when we got back here um, having dinner, I'm like, this guy, you know, and I'm a pretty, I'm a nice guy. I mean, I pride myself on that. But yeah. I have a guy. You know, grabbing dinner with a couple um, uh, fellow employees, and and, uh, and 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 we're leaving. And this guy's like, "Hey, Mr. Schneider," and I'm like, "Hey, what's up, man?" And he's like, "You know, hey, man, don't f this up." Like, but he said the words, <laughs> and I just what? I kind of looked at him like, "What?" And, yeah. So, um, yeah, I've had I've had some. <laughs> so usually, usually bad. the interaction's very nice. What happened? I, no, I said oh. there's good and bad. Yeah, there's good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Does anybody ever complain? Why'd you get rid of this guy? How come he didn't sign this? Oh guy? yeah. There a lot oh of yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think I told you guys. Yeah, you know, defensive lineman. I'm like, yeah. Thanks for the flash, Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course, defensive lineman. Is that a movie line or no? That's yeah, not a movie uh, line. Okay. No. Have, have you hit no. us with one yet? Because no. John's going to put. No, a little, but those weren't pillows. Little. There we go. There you go. We'll see if our texters know where <laughs> where that that comes from, from which movie it comes, because he's going to throw little Easter eggs in the conversation for people to figure out. There you go. We'll see how, how adept our listeners are. Yeah. Yeah. So. Everything's good though. Everything you came. Yeah, just any... doing press conferences and studying the board and. But yeah. did, did anything change at the combine, or is it exactly as it's been, just in the way of time and way? Of, it seemed like there were more. It's great. It was good. There was a lot of very, fans. Very, very similar to last year. There were more fans in the end zone. Yeah, um, and they were really into the Purdue guys and the Ohio State guys. You could hear them. You know, it was, it, yeah. There was there was definitely more fans around uh, over the weekend, um, but timing wise, it, it works out great. The second year in a row now where. You know, you come back and kind of get your bearings, uh, you know, as of, you know, like today, I'm still finishing up grading um, the individual um, combine performances, like, you know, from film. Um, and then, you know, working on, you know, some of our own guys we'd like to resign and that sort of thing. Um, and then Gino's press conference. But, you know, now you have this now you have this uh, week. You get back from the combine. Now you have a week in there, which really helps. We used to come back and like just dive right into it. And. You know, so the combine was, you, you know, you had more, you learned a little bit more from a, um, you felt like you were a little, like you had the, the, the salary ranges nailed a little bit more for, for the free agents. Now you can, there's another week there, so there's another gap of, um, you know, lack of communication. So as a scout, and you know, early on, it, it's got to be all about you're just watching film and going to games. But as you have risen up to, to be the GM, how much how much film do you watch on guys or you know, it, or are you just waiting for guys to to bring you? Okay, because you you can't watch every guy. No, I I I, st- I stopped. Um, I pulled off. I'm going to a lot of school calls because, you know, I I uh, um, a lot of the scouts get to go in there. In, in, you know, like twice, three times to a school, twice, three times a year, and you know when you just cruise in there once and. You know, they know the general managers coming in there. The guys kind of, the, the people at the schools tend to kind of just, you know, tell you, you know, what you want to hear uh, sometimes. And, and, and I've made some mistakes where, you know, I've kind of overruled a couple guys because I, w- I did the school call as well. Um, now, you're talking about watching film. That, that's really like, that's the basis 
of, of, of what I do when I get, you know, like off course, what brings me back is like really, you know, getting back into grinder mode and, and studying the film and studying the person or studying the player. So now I'm relying on uh, the scouts more than I used to, to just, you know, tell me about the player. So I'm, st- I study all the, like the players as much as I possibly can, all the schools as much as I possibly can. And I don't get into the character until, um, you know, like what uh, our pre-combine meetings like about a month ago. So the guy, the area guys present the player and now I'm hearing it for the first time. I don't have a preconceived notion of what the, what the, who the person is based on my personal experience of going into the school. Very nice. John, good to have you back, man. Welcome back. Appreciate you guys. All right. See ya. There you go. We had that conversation with uh, Seahawks GM John Schneider yesterday, but it, we had to run it late because of Cougar basketball, so we want to make sure everybody had a chance to hear it. So there you go. We're going to come back. A lot of good info from John in that. We'll get into it next here with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. So another good conversation with Seahawks GM John Schneider. We do that every Thursday, at, typically at 4 o'clock. Yesterday it was at 6, so that's why we replayed that today for everybody to get a chance to hear what he had to say. And some things that caught everybody's ear, Dave, is uh, what seems like some genuine interest on the Seahawks' part to with Bobby Wagner. At least they're having conversations. Um, we we asked him about that. Here's what he what he said in relation to Bobby and, and, and just connecting with him. We have been able to now. And so we were able to Pete and I were able to talk to him the other day and we had a great, awesome, frank conversation and yeah, so he knows where we are and we know where he's at. So and now, you know, we have so much respect for him, uh, you know, personally and professionally and so we we're able to talk through some things and, and uh yeah, we know where it's going. So they're in communication. I'm I'm wondering if and maybe we could have asked him, you know, I didn't even think of it at the time, but if if Jordan Brooks were completely healthy, getting ready for his next season, he's your guy, would they still be having a conversation with Bobby? I think so. You I mean, so? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I, I think they have conversations like that with, with everybody. And, you know, and it's interesting to see how, and look, I, I could be wrong, but I guess I didn't read that much into it. I didn't think, uh, I feel like they have those conversations with everybody. The other thing is, I think, you know, and I don't want to put words in, in John's mouth, but, you know, maybe also there was, you know, it was out there that the things ended badly with Bobby, mm-hmm. you know, and they were they were regretful of it. They, you know, even though I don't think that there's much that they could have done, because like he said, with the, the agent, there's a buffer there. Um, so I don't know how they, they could have handled it, uh, you know, better than that. But I think, you know, they they sort of felt like, Look, this is why teams are or why players are willing to come back to the team because because of the way they treat people. And so, yeah, I just kind of got that more as we're friends, we're friends again, you know, and maybe they are thinking about him seriously. But, um, you know, I I don't know. It'll it would definitely depend on money, you know, and how much how much does he want to be paid? But I think the the fact that they're having, you know, those good conversations makes me under even though because remember at the end of the year. Bob, or at the beginning of the year, or in the off season, Bobby was talking about how oh I had to hear it from ESPN and things like that, right. and then it all faded away and went away. And then he sort of bubbled it back up in before the last game, and I think he was just trying to get himself fired up. You know, we mm-hmm. talked about it, the Michael Jordan thing. Oh, he didn't say hi to me in the restaurant, so now yeah. I'm he's dissing me. You know, so I, I feel like that you know that bubbled back up again, but now it's you know hey. We can't, and maybe they do. Maybe they do sign Bobby, but 
I didn't necessarily, that's just me, I didn't necessarily think that there's anything special there other than they have a good relationship once again. Well, he, he said something about it having really frank conversations, and I'm curious yeah. what that's about. Like, all right, here's how we see you, or yeah. if you were to come back, here's the role, or here's what we could pay you. Like, you know, I'm not sugarcoating anything. You'd be... Yes. Uh, you know, veteran minimum with all these incentives or something, you know, I don't even know if they got that far, but just yeah. when he says we had, you know, really frank conversations, curious what that's about, but good that they're, they're being termed as, as positive. Um, well, I think that the way you put it is probably exactly what was going on. I mean, I, you know, it's early. Um, they're just sort of feeling it out right now, but yeah, you're having okay. This is this is where we're at. This yeah. is what we got here. Um, we're worried about you know this or that, and you know as far as Brooks goes, um, you know this is the defense we're running. This is the amount of money, and you know a, a big you know range of you know kind of a general range of what we can we can pay you things like that. And maybe it's not even to pay yet, like you said, but I, I feel like that's more what it was about. And I think more than anything, I think. I think John and Pete, and this is this is what makes him great, and why they're such. First of all, and we'll get to the Geno stuff later. I, I just think they do a really good job getting guys signed to contracts that I thought would be a lot more. Yeah, you know? and yeah. and I think a lot of that is because of the way they treat people, and I think that did bother them a little bit more. The stuff with Bobby at the end, how they had mm. to do that. Plus, you know, you had Russ w- with his whole deal, and you know, I'm sure it was good to get back to. You know, to where how much they really feel about Bobby. I always talk about, you know, 10 years after he retires or five years after he retires, Bobby Wagner's going to come back, raise the flag, go in the ring of honor. Everybody's going to love him. I mean, so true for Russ, true for Sherm. Sherm left with yeah. a little hard feelings. Yeah, he was talking on yeah. the way out. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I feel like that's. That's kind of the conversation was about that. Yeah. Uh, well, we talked about guys coming back. They've done it a few times. We've talked about Bruce Irvin and Justin Coleman and, and you know, other players have come back at different times. But, you know, just the idea of bringing Bobby back and why veterans want to want to come back to this particular spot. I think it's flattering that, that, that guys do want to come back here. And I think it's it's a it's a reflection of everybody in the building, whether it's Mo, E.K., you know, Stu, Dave Pearson, Strick, Sam, everybody in the building. I think it's a reflection on those people as much as it is on the player and the um, the culture that we have here that's been able to help them live up to their dreams and achieve everything that they want to achieve. You know, to your point about where guys are in their career, you always have to look at the landscape of the, of the whole league and not just say, yeah, you know, we're overly, um, I mean, it's Bobby Wagner, you know what I mean? It's like Dick Buckus, you know, like, I mean, this is Ray Nitschke, this is Kurt, he's Ray Lewis, he's got, you know, you know, you have to look at the whole landscape and, and then how you're you're trying to help your team. It's just, I'm, I'm going to be very interested if this, this happens and he does come back and we don't know, what, what version do we see? Do we see the guy that played, he played differently for the Rams than he did the previous couple of years at least here in seattle yes I think he did. that's other pretty, than the first game that i saw it's yeah seemed pretty evident that uh, there was a distinct difference in in the willingness or or just intensity in, for contact and just a different approach and i don't know if that was i'm playing for a new team i've got to i've got to present the right you know the right example here or give them the the right feeling about this this 
four-year deal they just signed me to or they just asked him to do something different than what he was being asked to do here. I don't really know. But I, I, that that part I'm very curious about. Well, and I think also what you mentioned there, I mean, I just not to get too specific, but I think that the linebackers this year need to be guys that attack the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, that was the biggest problem last year was that they were trying to read things. And, you know, and, and look, Bobby has the ability to do that. He can take on a blocker, man. I mean, but. Is he going to? I mean, is hmm. is that going to be his role? You know, and I thought that last year that he had here, where you know everybody thought he he had a, he had a really good year, and you know, he, production wise, he did. But there's looking at the tackle numbers. Yeah, but you know, there's lots of times where you go, okay, well, where were those tackles? And you know, he's just a different player. Uh, you know, not necessarily bagging on him, but I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't think that uh, that last year. I don't know if you can live with that kind of play because he made a ton of plays, very productive, all that stuff. But, you know, when you need to attack the line of scrimmage and you need to be, especially in a 3-4, you're going to have a guard coming out on you. There's no getting around that. Yeah. You know, so maybe. Is that Ken Norton not holding him accountable or, you know, not just him, but we talked about guys dropping into cover. Just everything they were talking that we talked about that they were doing that seemed a bit confusing. Yeah. You, you think it's a bit different now? Did you did you see a different intensity with a with a new defensive coordinator in there, or just just specifically linebackers? I'm talking about. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I do think that there was something with uh, because look, you know, when, when Bobby would do some of those those things, that I'd be like, I'm not sure what he's doing here, and why is he not attacking the line of scrimmage and things like that. I'm, I've always thought, well, maybe they're telling him not to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's that's acceptable. So. Um, yeah, I don't, and I, I feel like it's it's a little bit different this year. It's more like, hey, you know, first of all, four three, you got you know four of the linemen covered. It's more like run around and make tackles. I mean, you're still taking on blocks, but they're not like coming straight up the field at you. Um, and you know, it's it's very rare in a four three that you have your center just shoot straight out and <laughs> take on the middle linebacker. But when it's two guards and they're uncovered. Yeah, that that's where you've got to do that kind of work, and I'm not sure if that's the kind of the kind of guy he is. I mean, look, uh, the, I was that kind of guy. Like, I would attack the blocker. Like, right. oh, go hit him. Okay, I can yeah. do that. You know, yeah. but what I couldn't do was get you know two or three interceptions a year, and you know, he he just was amazing with that. And like John said, I don't think that's you know indicating anything other than the truth is that he is like Dick Butkus and yeah. you know Ray Lewis i mean he's one of those he's going to be a hall of famer easily so yeah I, I but i'm not sure if he's there right now yeah well we'll keep our eye on that but some interesting stuff from John nonetheless meanwhile don't forget Seattle Sports has your chance to win big with bracket bucks presented by Muckleshoot Casino compete for your shot at a, at great prizes and there are three chances to win so you can pre-register today just go to seattlesports.com slash win and of course you can fill out your brackets starting on Sunday meanwhile a couple of people are taking shots at two NFC West quarterbacks we're going to hear about that in our why man segment of the week coming up with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Why, man? Why? Lunch has been canceled today due to lack of hustle. Deal with it. He's a habitual line stepper. What were you thinking? What are you doing? Why are you the way that you are? It's the Why Man of the Week. It is time for Why Man, presented by Mazda of Everett. A reminder, coming up at 4 o'clock, our Mariners insider Shannon Dreher will be joining us on the program. And then at 4.30, we continue with our Seahawks alumni series with the great 
Steve Largent joining us. So stay tuned for that. A lot of good stuff coming up as well. Is mean text, I should say. Have we had any coming in there? Left on about that. No, we haven't had much. We haven't had many this week because we had a disrupted I week. I think it's because so we've been so we need good. Some. Yeah, that's right. I think it's because we've been just so, so good. They're week. finding it hard to say mean things to us, Dave. Don't yeah. you think? Totally. Wednesday was the best show we ever had. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. It's 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 hard when things are just kind of perfect. You know. It's, it's all right. You <laughs> know what, Mike? Just for that comment, everybody, direct your uh, your mean text at Mike Lefko. <laughs> Because he just said our day off was our best show ever. Mm. That's a common mean text we get. I'm not original there. Uh Blame it on the textures. Actually, I guarantee you we'll get a mean text that says exactly that. All right, rip Mike for... That's because Mike's going to send it in from his phone right now. Yeah, (laughs) Lefko's right. That was your best day. Lefko's a genius. And then he's going to (laughs) send... The Jerry DePoto Show. Well, see... Genius. Hey, he's, he's, he's turning your mic off. He's firing things left and right. That's his that's payback. What he does. That's his new his new thing. He doesn't like what I'm saying. Cut me off. Cut off your mic and start playing a promo. That would be like half the show. So, anyway. all right. So, mean text coming up. You guys, uh, just be creative. That's all we ask. Eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. Powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. That'll come up at five forty five. All right. So, wine man. Uh, let's see. Entry number one comes from an old favorite. He's on the Mountain Rushmore of uh, our <laughs> Y-Man segments. Yeah. Uh, this would be Colin Cowherd. We haven't heard from him in a while, though. I'll say that. So it's it's been a little bit since uh, maybe we just sort of ignored him. But he's jumped back into the fray with some comments about Geno Smith. Uh, sort of a backhanded, qualified compliment to Geno. Number eight, Geno Smith. Look at the numbers. He had decent protection last year. He completed 69% of his throws, almost 70. 30 touchdowns, 11 picks. He's grown up. I get size, 6'3 and a half, 220. He's a big kid. Hard worker. I think he's limited. I don't think he's going to make a ton of plays off script. I think a lot of his success last year was the run game, but I would put him at number eight. I can't do a nine. And I can't do a ten. I can't do it. Don't even ask me to put Daniel Jones or Brock Purdy on there. Can't do it. I don't. I don't get what was happening at the end there. But he's so he's ranking quarterbacks. Just in- yeah, I think he's ranking his top ten. I don't okay. know exactly. I just it was the uh, the compliment of him not being able to do it off script. Yeah, is what gets him in there. He's well, he's a big kid. He's, he's not really. He's gonna be thirty three years old here. Is he, you still call him kid? Yeah. Well, and. He, I, he doesn't come off as big to me. I mean, Gino's good sized quarterback. What is he, 6'3, 6'4, yeah, or something six like three, that? 6'3, two, whatever he said, yeah, 220. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it just, uh, it's very interesting that, you know, there hasn't been a lot of talk about Gino and Pete Carroll and everything because, I don't know, they, they were very, he was, he has always been very critical of, of Pete. And I don't know, was he on, I think he was on Russ's side. Even before the whole thing happened, I think he was okay with Russ. Well, he was always a huge Russ backer. Yeah, but then, you know, then once that you know that that whole thing happened with the Seahawks, he kind of turned on the Seahawks, and you know. But I think the reason why he's been quiet on all this stuff is because look, Gino had a had a had really a great year going to the Pro Bowl, and and Russ did not have a good year, and that's kind of the opposite of what he was saying that everything was going to be a disaster up here, and mm-hmm. you know you've got a backup quarterback in Geno, and so yeah, it's uh, I don't know. To me, I guess I don't know if fans anywhere else would be going. Well, he sure doesn't like Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. He does kind of bag on them a little bit, doesn't he? 
And I don't know. If, would you think people in other parts of the country would notice that, or is it just us? Probably us. I think yeah. we're more in tune. To, you, you hear Seahawks. You hear Pete. You, hear, you just hear those names that you, you tune in, right? If he's, yeah. He could be saying the same thing about uh, the Dolphins. We probably wouldn't notice because we're not – we don't care. <laughs> you know, right. we're, not, we're not living and dying with every moment of the Dolphin season, so he could be bagging on them, and we wouldn't maybe notice it unless it's really heavy-handed. But, yeah, he just he seems to have a bit of an agenda. Maybe he's got a relationship with Russell or his agent or I think whatever. It's his agent. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Entry number two comes from a guy who's going to be a free agent, I guess. Is, he be, is Beecham being cut, or is he yeah, a free he's agent? A, he's a free agent. Free agent yeah. from the Cardinals, Kelvin Beecham. And, we, we Dave, you and I – I'm going to say have have been on this pretty pretty much out of the gate with Kyler Murray that right away going yeah he doesn't and not even talking about his ability just just kind of looking at him from afar going yeah we don't know him maybe behind closed doors great guy he doesn't present very well he doesn't come off very well like a leader like a guy who's going to get people to follow him and and not that you have to be rah rah with pom poms and you know pom, like Russ used to be a, you know between every mm-hmm. every moment out there you don't have to be that extreme but he just there's a He's got a demeanor that doesn't seem overly positive. And we've heard it from now Patrick Peterson. You've heard it from others, certainly. But Patrick Peterson was about as blunt as it goes for a former teammate. Well, and then this goes back to when he was being scouted. I yeah. mean, there were there were guys that were saying, no, he's more of a baseball guy. He's not mm-hmm. really a team guy. He's not a great leader. He doesn't have a lot of friends. And that was that was early on. And then I kind of chilled on that because he came in the league and he decent numbers, you know, other than he's like a 500 quarterback. Yeah. A little less than that after the last year. But yeah, I, I think that there's always been something kind of a kind of a shadow following him around a little bit that maybe he needs to, as uh, Kelvin Beecham says, grow up. There's a lot of criticism of Kyler. Mm-hmm. What does he have to do, in your opinion, to be great? To grow up. Be a man and grow up. Like, it's not it's not complicated. you got to be a leader of man, period. And he's not right now. He's maturing. But he's not there yet. He's not there. It's, it's, not, not, a, it's not a completed process. It's not, it's yeah. not a completed process. Be a leader of men. He's got all the tools, you think? He has all the tools, man. If some guy can throw off one leg, he can, you know, throw it a mile. He can run fast than anybody else on the field. He just lacks the leadership. He's put together. I didn't say he lacks the leadership. I just think he needs to grow up a little bit. Um, and I think if he has the ability and the willingness to grow up, he's going to be just fine. Um, they paid him for a reason. They paid him because of his talent. And he has the ability to lead. It's just... When you're in that position, we need you to lead more. Like, you're the face of the franchise. You got to lead more. You got to lead in every single capacity of leadership. Um, and that's what they look for out of a franchise quarterback. They give you, you know, half a billion. They, they better hope he grows up. They yeah, have a lot of money. They sure did. And, you know, I like that he didn't let the guy put words in his mouth. I didn't yeah. say he lacks leadership. He just needs to grow up. And that's just something that we've we've always heard. Uh, kind of got that impression watching the hard knocks thing. Just yeah. not a leader. Same thing with Cl- Cliff Kingsbury, I thought, too. Yeah. Neither well, of them were great leaders of men, as Calvin Beecham puts it. Well, and I, I think our, our read, and I don't think we were unique. I think most people, if you're not a Cardinal fan, if you're just objective sitting on the outside looking at it, I think most people got that vibe from him. Like, yeah, something doesn't doesn't seem right there. It's not. It's never about his ability. It's not about can he throw the ball? Can he run? We know he's got all the physical tools. What kind of a guy is he? What kind of a and he hard knocks? We all wondered. All right, cameras are there. Is he going to kind of put on a show to to you know kind of get that Im- image out of everybody's mind? And hey, no, I'm really this kind of guy. And I guess to his credit, he didn't. He just was himself. And yeah. he kind of came off like that. So to hear a couple of former teammates now in different times 
saying the same. I mean, Patrick Peterson was much more pointed and saying, yeah. hey, he's not interested if it doesn't have anything to do with him. He's, all he's worried about is him. Well, and the, the other thing about him, if he was more of a grown-up, he would take it more seriously. Here's one thing. Ever since the Rasheem Green sack, I've, I've been watching his scrambles. He wants to run outside, yeah. and he doesn't even realize that that's part of his game. Like, you should be looking at yourself and judging that. Like, that's part of the extra film yeah. that we talk about. you got to watch yourself and figure out, and, and he's obviously not doing that because he continues to run outside and get tackled. Yeah, my point on this whole thing, Dave, is we were right. All right, coming up, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot to like. It's pretty much the whole show. Well, yeah, but in this case in particular, I think we nailed it. Uh, there was a lot to like from Jared Kelnick and the Mariners today and our Mariners insider Shannon Dreyer will join us to talk about all of it next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710.